Okay, hang on a minute. FP2 is just done. This cannot be happening. It, this just cannot be happening. If on Sunday, Fernando Alonso ends up winning, I know for a fact that F1 Stats Guru will take a week-long holiday. And I'll be hosting an episode pretending to be Fernando Alonso. The entirety of Spain will be shut down. And yes, in the upcoming El Clasico, Real Madrid are going to give Alonso a guard of honour. It's happened at last, seemingly. Fernando Alonso has taken a right career decision. What's next? Will Michael Massey return to Formula 1? Will Ferrari win a title? Will Mika Hakkinen end his F1 sabbatical? And are dinosaurs going to come back to Earth? This cannot happen. I don't believe it. But this is exactly what we're going to be discussing on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Just what are we going to do when Fernando Alonso wins the Bahrain Grand Prix? Because trust me, it is going to happen. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fernando Alonso Hype Train podcast, also sometimes known as the Inside Line F1 podcast. My name is Somal Arora. I'm the host of the Indian Racing League broadcasts on Star Sports. And also, of course, I'll be joined by F1 Stats Guru, who will probably, probably crying and shedding so many tears on Sunday. And Kunal Shah, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kunal, you were, a, you were a Michael fan all the way through. But was there ever a soft spot for Fernando Alonso? And you'll have to say yes. You cannot say no at this point in time. <laughs> you know, thank you for that introduction. Great to see everybody. We're doing this first preview episode of the season was I ever a Fernando Alonso fan not in 2005 not in 2006 not in 2007 pretty much not in 2009 but from 2010 you know when he moved to Ferrari and you could see just how hard he was trying you know you could see uh, you know that famous meme I think it was from 2012 when he just about lost the championship at the last race with some two three points sheer disbelief and that's when of course I also grew older and you start realizing human perseverance you you know realize human determination and you could see that in his eyes like oh my god what do I need to do to win I was so close and you know so many you know there have been goodbyes written to Fernando when he retired the first time everybody said he could have been a five times world champion had eight points or 12 points you know moved one way or the other and various things but are we hyping up Fernando Alonso? Obviously, yes. Are Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll and Aston Martin hyping themselves up this weekend and hence hyping us up? Obviously, yes. I mean, FP1, he was right up there. FP2, he's he, he was leading. And I know F1 stats guru was like the first one to throw out a stat about a driver leading FP2 and what happens hence. But it is actually best heard from Mr. F1 Stats Guru himself. We will get to that in one second. But what is absolutely amazing in my mind is that, yes, most people will look back at FP2 and be like, oh, it's just a practice session. But it isn't, Sundaram, because when we all had the drivers going out there for their qualifying runs, Alonso topped it on merit. It's not like Verstappen did a slow lap or anything. Fernando Alonso topped it on merit. And it's not just an Alonso thing. Lance Stroll with a seemingly half-broken hand, where he literally has to put his left hand underneath the steering wheel and push it with his palm for extreme right-hand turns. He's sixth, only, what, half a second away. This is real. Well, absolutely. It it does look real. And I think people were really waiting to see Lance Stroll in the other car and see how quick he goes to kind of determine, is, is this the Fernando Alonso effect? 
the other Fernando Alonso effect. I mean, not the one where he leaves the team and the team actually goes on and does better <laughs> the next year. I'm talking about the other Alonso effect where he kind of extracts as much as possible down to the very last bit. And people here, yeah, people who are kind of waiting to see how Lance Stroll performs. And it is very surprising. A guy who's actually broken his, his wrists a couple of days ago, he is half a second or less than a second slower than Alonso, especially when he's not had any preseason test. I mean, he's not had any preseason running as well. So with as many as, I think, 30, 30 to 40 laps, he's that close to Alonso. He's P6. He's P6. I actually have to go back and look at, at the last time Lance Stoll was actually within the top uh, six uh, of a practice session. So although the pace does look real, they've obviously made an improvement. The big question is how far up ahead on in the pecking order are they? I don't know if you were hyping up Lance Stroll or Fernando Alonso. The truth is, one of the things we're looking forward to this weekend, five things to look forward to plus Fernando Alonso or including Fernando Alonso. And the stat that I was referring to where you, you know, F1 stats guru said, a driver who has topped FP2 at race one of the season actually goes on to win the title that season. To me, that itself is bigger hype than ever before. I mean, can we imagine Alonso versus Verstappen for uh, the 2023 Drivers' Championship? It would be absolutely iconic, right? But let's let's put things in perspective. You know, Sam Collins, very, very respected F1 tech uh, talk host, who, by the way, his co-host Craig Scarborough or Scarbs Tech was on our uh, podcast just earlier in the week. So Sam Collins said that, uh, Aston are carrying little less fuel than Red Bull Racing. He said something like 9 or 10 kilograms of fuel. So fuel loads are not known. Uh, power unit modes for push laps are not known. I can just hope that uh, in qualifying tomorrow, when Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes turn up the wick and you know drive their cars in anger and they are still as quick, Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin also have reserves to pull performance out from because we don't want to be sitting here on Sunday on Monday, you know, laughing and saying, oh, my God, look, what a joke. Just for 10 days of a hype, they actually went and did this to themselves. But you never know. I'm just saying it up. I mean, you know, Aston Martin has one of the biggest upgrades to their cars already because uh, one of the second things to look forward to are these cars that we're now going to see this weekend are the actual 2023 cars. Ones that we saw in testing were pretty much the baseline then, but Haas and Aston Martin and you know Mercedes and McLaren, they pretty much have come up with new cars altogether. And this is now the new baseline of cars that we should look forward to and see where the pecking order falls after qualifying. Oh, absolutely. And like we discussed during the preseason episode, it was P for Piastri, P for preseason. So leading up to the first race, I think it's going to be H for hype. And the other number that I actually want to associate with this for this whole season is the number two. If we can actually have a season of two-time world champions pitting against one another and giving us that sort of a season. But yeah, on the point of it being the 2023 cars that we can actually see in flesh, that's actually right. Because if you look at all the upgrades that teams have brought, they've brought in a raft of upgrades. And especially on that list, Aston Martin, again, probably how many did they bring? 10, 12 different upgrades? And it's actually crazy. And I mean, talking from Aston Martin's perspective, I think they've already done one thing that they actually wanted to. 
built up this hype even even if they don't have the pace in in bahrain they might go and say yeah we had a little bit of an issue during the race but still people will continue talking about them probably for the first few races and i don't really remember the last time a midfield team was able to you know create this sort of a buzz ahead of the season and it's amazing all the attention all the focus everyone is talking about alonso about aston martin but i am going to keep it to a very bare minimum i'm not going to be talking more about alonso and i will do all my talking after sunday <laughs> okay before we end fernando alonso and head elsewhere two key points it's going to be almost 9 years between race wins if he does win this sunday or the coming sunday or whatever uh don't let also out the stats. for um, all of don't let out all the stats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the winner of the inaugural grand prix has not gone on to win the world championship for the last six consecutive seasons so i think fernando will be just happy with race wins much as everybody else and then if a title challenge does come up he'll take it but on to 2023 cars i mean somel you had very nicely pointed out that the alpine was very stiff uh you know during testing they've actually been trying out different setups uh, during free practices already uh you know the haas uh, seems to be bringing a lot of upgrades i mean alpine's upgrade sheet said all aerodynamic surfaces for a523 which is the number of their car or the name of the car are different mclaren has just got so many upgrades so all 10 teams are teams to look forward to this weekend because you know up until now is it the fuel lords is it you know the driver is the driver pushing is the power unit pushing all of that but come qualifying the the bullshit has to stop the unpredictability could literally go out of the window and there will be a pecking order for us to speculate more from so that's one of the things i'm looking forward to i mean to be fair if you are williams and alfa tauri all the other teams are teams that you look forward to because they really seem to be struggling after the last couple of free practice sessions and we, it's funny right because every single team at least most teams have come out from pre-season testing saying that hey we've had a great year so far it's been amazing we've taken a big step forward and you can get a decent idea of that from the practice times as well it's the most relevant piece of data we have right now and there are most cars within one second i think roughly around 10 or 12 so it's not bad the gap does seem to be shrunk down which always happens in the second year of a new formula of cars if that really makes any sense but what what i'm actually interested to see is just where do all the other teams stack up because even mercedes for that matter Six tenths of a second away, they roughly expected to be there, but they didn't quite expect Aston Martin to take that jump. They didn't expect a couple of Haas cars to be around there. They didn't expect, let's say, the likes of McLaren also just to be a couple of tenths here or there away. So it's probably unpredictable, and so we will finally understand just where are the likes of Alpine, where are the likes of Alfa Romeo and McLaren actually placed up in the order? Because at this moment in time, Sundaram. It's all jelly. There's Red Bull. I think we can comfortably put them atop, even though. Yes, Alonso has stopped a couple of runs. We know that in terms of timings, Red Bull have an ace up their sleeve with fuel loads, engine modes, and just Max Verstappen as well. So we know there's Red Bull at the top. We know there's Williams and Alfa Tauri at the bottom. But everything in the middle is just jelly. Oh yes, oh exactly. And this is what the first round of the season tends to do. It tends to throw quite a few surprises. I mean, for example, uh, free practice one uh, last year for the season opener, it was actually Pierre Gasly who was the table topper. and he didn't go on to win a race he didn't go on to take pole position last year so you kind of see these few you know unpredictable kind of 
uh, scenarios during the first race of the season and and yes the likes of mclaren and then the likes of mercedes you'd probably i mean especially mercedes you'd probably expect them to turn things up uh, during during qualifying and and probably finish in the top 6 or so and uh, yeah that's that's how it's going to be i think we'll probably get to see how it actually looks like tomorrow and and in the coming days so yeah let's see how it goes Fernando Alonso also said that his Aston Martin car will look two-thirds different as the season progresses. I think it looks two-thirds different already at the first race of the season. But again, you know, Samuel, you're indicating end of sandbagging. That's what's going to happen. What I'm actually eager to see is, you know, will the Red Bull actually uh, suit Max Verstappen and Checo Perez equally because that's the statement the team has come out to make right that our car will suit both our drivers better and if that happens will Perez be closer could he be in the fight i mean at this moment Logan Sargent could be in the fight for the title right that's how the hype train works uh, so i'm i'm excited to see how that happens and talking specifically about Bahrain a lot of drivers have said Bahrain is an outlier the season, the result of Bahrain will not reflect the pecking order for the 2023 season sundaram you pointed out to that about pierre gasly as well so again i'm eager to see what bahrain throws up for us and how much of bahrain actually then remains a standard for the season to follow No I agree we often do tend to see big shakeups like i remember Haas last year being P5 at the very very start and then disappearing for a big chunk as well so Bahrain definitely stands out in that regard and also in terms of good racing because we saw an amazing race at the first race at Bahrain and then there were many other races where the cars weren't able to follow as well so i am keen to see that to the have the engineers of course with their own tricks and uh, tricks and tips to make sure that the cars create as much dirty air as possible in order to maximize their performance have the cars still got it in them to follow and also track limits remember 2021 hamilton versus verstappen going on the outside we haven't heard much chatter about track limits i think since austria or france last year but i think if there's any place where it pops up it is bahrain because battling is possible here kunal it is it's actually an overtaking fest most of the times uh and i love the fact that there is turn ones and you know turns 1 and 4 immediately where you can attack and then reattack or defend and both of them are drs enabled and like you rightly pointed out somil that uh, you know the turn 4 uh track limits where you know as we remember which happened overtook uh, hamilton but was controversially all four wheels of track or something or the other uh, track limits came into play and he had to give the win back to Lewis Hamilton i mean you know if there are multiple teams battling including fernando alonso who is a very tough cookie including max verstappen who is also a very tough cookie two complete drivers could track limits will track limits come into play and i know sundaram you maintain this uh, very interesting table most engaging table of the number of overtakes at each circuit and Where does Bahrain lie? If I remember correctly, it it lies on the top end of of the table with a lot of overtakes possible. Yeah, if you talk about the last year in specific, Bahrain was number three in terms of overtakes, um, just behind Interlagos and and Kota. But looking at probably the last six or seven years, or considering the whole of hy- of the hybrid era, Bahrain ranks right up there as one of those circuits that you see the most number of overtakes, and that's how it is. There are just 
way too many straights over here then there are so many opportunities for you to to gain a place and it's probably going to be one of those races another thing that could also happen is since like i mentioned it's early in the season there could be quite a few shakeups dnfs also are a bit of a possibility the last three last couple of races in bahrain have seen three to four different retirements which has also led to the likes of um, i mean yuki sunoda jokwanyu scoring points on the debut not saying that they wouldn't have done it without the dnfs but i'm saying that that could also be a problem in the first race of the season a few teething issues here and there in terms of reliability so i don't think so it's going to be a very straightforward race there's going to be a lot of action on sunday very interesting you mentioned about rookies because we have three rookies and a returning 35 year old experienced driver in Nico Hulkenberg all wanting to prove a point and score a point or more and i believe uh, there are six teams where the drivers have never worked with each other so teamwork will be at play on track in the cockpit even in the pit lane on the pit wall in the pit boxes because bahrain is very high on tire degradation it's normally a two stopper uh pirelli have of course brought new tires so we'll see how they perform in race conditions as well the undercut is extremely powerful has won races in bahrain before and ferrari as we know has a new chief of strategy an indian born englishman called ravin jain ferrari strategies always either to- either the talk of the town or the joke of the town depending you know which side of the fence you sit on when it comes to being a ferrari fan and you know again bringing aston martin into conversation they haven't really been fighting at the top but if the car genuinely is there fighting at the top their pit wall their strategy engineers will be tested as well so that's one thing uh, another thing i'm sort of looking forward to four out of the last five races at bahrain have featured a safety car so again you know something more in the mix even though it's a long delta you know uh, when it comes to taking a pit stop two stoppers are always preferred so lots of elements will be at play uh this weekend and you know pretty much everything or something for everyone i would say and just going back a little bit on the point of rookies something just sprung up in my head right now is the fact that nick devries is actually starting in his first full season as a rookie and he's actually 28 years old and right now i i really can't think of the last time a driver that old was just entering his rookie season i think i have a little bit of homework to do uh, after this recording but yeah maybe let's do let's do predictions let's try and see what what we can predict for the upcoming race somil oh are- yeah oh yeah we, we we're not going to go for who's going to be the winner because it's obviously going to be fernando alonso no but jokes aside i I am fearful if we're actually going to get a race because as much as I'd love to be on the Aston Martin hype train and I am probably at the start of it uh we haven't seen the best of Red Bull in the long runs and so we should just leave that one prediction aside because we just don't know what's going to happen over there we can probably predict Alonso being somewhere around the podium but what I want you guys to predict this time is what's going to be your biggest I think the team or the driver you expect the most disappointing result from. For me it's going to be Mercedes because I expect to be expected them to be somewhere near P3. I think they're going to be from the looks of the long run pace or anything like that somewhere behind Aston Martin dropping down to P4. But what do you think is the the most disappointing result of the weekend going to be for you guys starting with you Kunal? Wow, okay. I have a feeling it is going to be Mercedes I have a feeling that they have a strong baseline which they will develop through the year which means 
if the first few races don't really give them blockbuster results, so be it. And I believe the other disappointment, and I'm glad we don't really have that much of an audience in Japan since we don't speak uh, this podcast in Japanese, but I think it's going to be Yuki Sonoda. I mean, third season, Alpha Tauri, France Toss really wanted him. They've gotten him. But, you know, Nick DeFries is going to really hammer and tongs, go hammer and tongs this weekend from this weekend itself. But talking of qualifying, three different drivers have held pole in the last three years. So I'm excited to see if there's a fourth uh, that could happen. Could it be Fernando Alonso? I don't know. Let's just add to the hype train. And I think it is going to be a Max Verstappen win on Sunday. Either way, they've always never bothered about Saturday glory. They've made sure they brought it home on Sunday. And since we are talking of the Fernando Alonso hype train, his last win in Bahrain was in 2010. That's 13 years ago. And that was also his first race with the team that he was representing at that time. So this is... Ah. So this is his first first race with Aston Martin. And and believe it or not, back in 2010, also there was a seven-time world champion at Mercedes. And it's the same this time as well. Uh, but yes, but coming back to predictions, and also mentioning, uh, Kunal, you mentioned there are three different pole sitters in the last three years. Actually, from 2016, not one driver has actually gone on to make take back-to-back poles in Bahrain. So the last one uh, was Charles Leclerc in 2021. And if that pattern continues, it could be a Verstappen or a certain Spaniard. Yeah, no, no I'm talking about Carlos Sainz. But yeah, but coming back to my predictions, I think... <laughs> My my disappointment would probably be Alpine or maybe Esteban Ocon in, in particular. Um, you would have probably expected them to be fighting for P4, but it doesn't really look that like that, that's the case right now. So I think one of the major disappointments would be Esteban Ocon. And maybe, I'm just going a little bit bold, maybe Piastri does not score uh, in his F1 debut. I'm going to say Fernando Alonso's last pole position in Bahrain was 2005. And, you know, I was I was just going through the database that I track. His lap time was 3 minutes, 1.9 seconds. And I thought maybe that was a typo. And then I realized that back in 2005, they used to have aggregate qualifying, which was tested in qualifying. So the last time he actually took pole position he was ahead on aggregate times, which was basically Q1 and Q2. You add the times and then you see who's the fastest. And uh, that's how long ago. So that's what all, that's like 21 years that he was last on pole here. My goodness. You know, I actually was, I actually was at that race in 2005. I was a 15 year old trying to understand what the sport is all about. And turns out, it turned out that Fernando Alonso actually won that race. So my first ever race that I attended, Fernando Alonso won that race. It's all coming together, guys. It's all coming together. El Plan is happening. But well, folks, uh, we just have to leave this episode with a special announcement that if you are in Mumbai this Sunday, we've got something special for you that Kunal will reveal. No, I'm going to say it's no longer El Plan. It's Mission 33. That's no. what they're calling it. The Fernando Alonso fans, Pedro De La Rosa, Aston Martin, all of them. Will it be Mission 33 this weekend? And remember, 33 was also Max Verstappen's number. So it could very well be Mission 33 this Sunday. But go on with your announcement, Samuel. Indeed, yes. That This Sunday, we are going to be a part of one of the biggest F1 screenings out here in Mumbai. It's going to be a part of the Supercar Club in Thane. 
where we are going to do another live meetup with all of you to talk about the sport, to discuss the race. And that happens before the GP. There's also going to be lots of racing simulators over there. Seemingly, if the word is correct, a couple of, not a couple, but one Red Bull F1 show car is going to be lots of quizzes hosted, of course, by F1 Stats Guru, lots of alcohol and drinks as well, and just a proper party atmosphere. So if you are in Mumbai on Sunday and are looking for a place to watch the Formula One, we're going to be there at the Supercar Club. Check out gigminx.com or the link in the description to buy your tickets. But frankly, that's going to be amazing, just as amazing as watching Fernando Alonso win this weekend. So, folks, we'll be back with the race review on Sunday where we celebrate El Plano Mission 33 coming together at the end. See you, folks. Hope you enjoy this episode. Bye-bye. Have a good time.